0: what's up everybody sultan of strangles here and in this episode i am going to be talking about a few things number one my plans for immortals we're looking for a new space we got some big things coming number two we recently had a split we had an instructor leave and have a lot of questions about that that i'm going to clear up and um number three um I got some real big projects coming up soon with uh, Flow Grappling. So we're going to be talking about some of that and uh, want you guys to enjoy the show. But before you do, make sure to follow me at K-O-O-L-R-A-K at Immortals Jiu Jitsu on Instagram at Rambling with Rack. Make sure to give us five stars on iTunes and make sure to share my uh, episode with your friends and family. Alright guys, sit back, relax, and enjoy. You know me, I'm a fucking Pokemon trainer since I was a kid, alright? I watch Pokemon, my students are my Pokemon, we take them out to freaking battles, and we win most tournaments. If you follow us on Instagram, it's, it's, it's shocking, it's shocking. My students, last tournament, we literally everyone came home with gold. Even my student Emily, who can only train with me twice a week because of her demanding schedule fucking one gold um and the secret to that is you gotta you gotta put you gotta invest time into your students um i'm more i'm so much more than a coach i'm a fucking therapist i'm a friend i'm a mentor like these guys it's it doesn't end when I uh when the class ends they hit me up with their problems I helped them I had a student at his job um he was a cook and one of the cooks was just blatantly disrespectful to them and my student had a rough pass he had a record he couldn't say anything back so I literally rolled up to his job I rolled up to his job I'm like hey man uh did we have a problem here the other day And he's like, you know, he's not going fast enough. I'm like, well, he just started his job, you know. Are you sure it's a really good idea to talk to him like that? I'm like, let's agree on one thing, you know. uh, Let's agree that both of you will be respectful to each other because he will. And I just need your word that you're going to be respectful. And he kind of gave me an attitude like, yeah, yeah. And I told him, listen, this time I'm coming, we're going to be talking inside. Next time I come, we're talking outside. And they've been treating him really good since that. So I got off track. You know, if, if you want your gym, for people to take your gym seriously, okay? Uh, if you want to just be a, a private kind of gym where a bunch of tough guys like the Lions Den, like how Ken Shamrock had it, that's cool. You know, that's cool if you're already a millionaire like Ken Shamrock was from WWE, but if you're trying to build an actual successful gym, it cannot be only about competitors. So I've been putting a lot more energy into. Um, I putting energy into people that are coming in just for self-defense. I've been putting energy for people who want to come for weight loss, and I've been putting a huge, probably my biggest effort to building the women's program. Um, you know, February was half off for women. So we got a lot of women that way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I remember I got some great advice. I know one of her Instagram is Carmelia. I forgot the other one at Emerald City. They pretty much told me you got to have if you if you want women to train at your gym, you need to have um, you need to have women there. So I'm like, how am I going to get women there? if i have none the secret is you pretty much have to give discounts entice people to join and you know um as i mentioned before you know the gym had to split uh sean moved on started his own program so i hired Sophia as an instructor she's number eight in the world right now so when female students see a female instructor it's huge and um feel very comfortable training under another female and it's been doing wonders. Um one really cool thing about the women's program is like all right. So we got a bunch of girls here. I got to stop being a psychopath and cursing and being strict. And I told them, you know, are you cool with the vibe here? Like do you need me to tone it down? And all of them unanimously, all of them. They said no, we actually love how strict you are and how disciplined it is here. We like it, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's cool. Uh, you guys make a little playlist, and you know, on t- Tuesday and Thursdays, where all the girls come to Immortals, you know, we'll play that. I'm thinking it's gonna be Ariana Grande, you know, but no, it is gangster rap, pop, smoke, like the hardest songs. Like, oh, I miscalculated this big time. <laughs> So the women's program has been growing. It's been doing very well. I don't have a kids program yet. um, But I do have two of my students who are willing to teach. The reason I won't teach kids is I don't have any formal education on how to teach kids. I haven't taken any classes. And I've just, I've grown up and I've had some real shitty coaches. And they did and said a lot of shitty things to students And I feel like it's number one because they weren't qualified for the job. Number two because they were assholes. So I don't really enjoy working with kids so I don't want to pretend like I do just to make money. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to hire people to do that when I get our new spot. Immortals 2.0, I'm looking for a spot between 1,500 and 2,000 square feet. That's been pretty hard. It's going to have showers. It's going to have weights. It's going to have the amenities uh of a a nice gym but it's still gonna have that hardcore blue collar feel to it really hard thing is just working with commercial realtors they uh they're very lazy residential realtors are awesome commercial realtors are very hard to work with so uh once we get our new space i'm really excited for that and in this video we're gonna go over the plans for 2022 for the gym I'm going to be going over the split that happened. Uh, Sean started his own school. we am going to go over that. I have a lot of questions about that and uh, some more fun stuff. So I've been getting a shit ton of questions about the split in the gym. And um, me and Sean made a video about it on Instagram. But even after the video, I keep getting a lot more questions. So. I thought I would make a podcast about it to kind of clear up any um, questions people may have. Um, First off, you know, when you're running a gym with someone, there's a lot of benefits, but there's a lot of things that, you know, um, sometimes get in the way. Um, We never really butt heads too much on decisions and stuff, but sometimes uh, new opportunities arise and uh, whether you take them or not is a matter of opinion. So one thing's really good uh, about having a business partner is that when he left to go to tournaments, um, I could cover when I left to go to tournaments or to do a big project, he could cover. So, you know, one of the big projects that I did, I did a big project with flow, I can't give you details yet, but I was gone for about three weeks. Um, and, you know, after after that, when I came back um a couple there was a couple of changes that were made um sean had been working for dave branch jiu-jitsu um and uh he he got another job with ufc gym uh teaching there part-time in my opinion this is just my opinion i believe in being um, a business owner i believe you could make more money yes there's more risks but at the end of the day let's say you know, um, and instruct, uh, the owner of a gym is paying you $50 or, or 20, actually, the 50 is high 20 to $30 a class. And um, that's a good price for for you, right? Instead of taking the time out of your day to teach, um, you know, for the 20 to $30, if you could just get a student, you take that hour of your day, and you go hunting for students. That's, literally $150 you just got for the month. To me, that's how I think. Um, Sean's a little younger. He, he he saw some good opportunities, and he took them. So um, it was, what was it, February 5th or something? Um, you know, after he got the job with UFC, he was kind of, you know, showing up less and less. You know, he, he wanted me to... Teach a couple days by myself, a couple days himself before it was like we both taught together, showed up less and less. And I'm thinking, you know, I was gone for for um, for those three weeks doing the project with flow. He's probably just taking some time off. But in reality, it was a little different. Um, I was kind of caught off guard when he said he got a new uh, position with UFC gym where he would be partial owner. Um, I, I don't think that's a good decision. I didn't really agree with the decision, but at the end of the day, he's a grown man. He gets to make his own. And he told me that, um, people are asking if I'm mad. People are asking if we're still friends. Um, me, the only thing that I am, uh, uh, you know, not happy about is that I found out too late. You know, I think the right thing. To have done would be to tell me right away when there's a job offer so that I could prepare myself, but he waited a little because he, he said he needed some time to think but in that time, if he had told me right away, we could have planned better, you know, if you want to start your own program, not only will I not be mad at you, I will help you build your program. But when you tell me last minute and there's these other people that aren't even affiliated with us that they know before me and then then I feel a little bit just uh not too happy you know so so that was that was um that was kind of the situation with the split now after the split um on how I handled it you know I asked a couple people um I've seen gyms split where uh, you know, the two people are enemies. You're not allowed to train there. They're not allowed to train here. Like when I, um with my team, the A team, I mean, New, new Wave and B team split, you know, um, not to, there is no cross training, you know, We're not mortal enemies, but they kind of stay out of each other's hair. Um, me, I'm okay with cross training. And the reason is this. If you want to go once in a while to another school to cross-train, cool. If someone wants to come once a week, twice a week to Immortals, um, pay the mat fee. If they're an affiliate, they don't have to pay a mat fee. That's cool. But if you're coming three, four times a week, then you got to pay, you know. And I believe that some instructors that don't allow cross training is because they're worried that they're going, their students gonna go to another gym. They're gonna see that the other instructor has more skill and knowledge than them, and they're gonna leave. Kind of a sign of insecurity. Me, you cross train wherever you want because I know in the New Jersey area, uh my no gi expertise is one of the best. And if you truly believe that there's someone better in no gi jiu-jitsu, you could go train there. If you want to train in the Gi more? I don't really offer much of that. Totally cool. You can leave. So after the split happened, um, I mean, there's a couple students. They weren't really coming that much, so it didn't really bother me. But two or three students left and signed up there. Most most of them stayed at Immortals. Um, the other gym is called Bergen County Jiu-Jitsu, by the way. It's in Paramus, and it's about 20 minutes away from Immortals. Um, so me, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to tell people what to do. Uh, I'm not going to fucking be a dictator. If you want to train there, fine. If you want to train here, fine. If they charge you a mat fee over there, I'm going to charge their guys a mat fee. You know, uh, if you block and ban people from coming to your gym, it kind of shows weakness, you know, Um, My old professor at my old gym, he had kind of a policy like when we people would leave, he's like, you know, if you leave, I don't want you to come back. He's very much um, an old school type of guy. Um, And I understand that. I understand that mentality too, the old school mentality like TJ Dillashaw left Uriah Faber and he was training with I forget who that guy's name is Dwayne Ludwig. He would do pad work with Drain Ludwig. He would come back and train with Team Alpha Male. But then after a while, they said, you know, TJ Dillashaw is 135. We have fighters at 135. Um, Do we really want him to learn the techniques that we're teaching? If he's going to be fighting one of our guys? Probably not. So they kind of just had a talk with TJ Dillashaw. You should really watch the Joe Rogan podcast with Uriah Faber. And I think Cody Garbrandt, it's really good. Um, a, a lot of insight on why TJ left. And um, and then also the Joe Rogan podcast with TJ Dillashaw and Dwayne Ludwig. If you watch both of those, you you listen to both the sides. And you kind of figure out for yourself who's the good guy and who's the bad guy, you know. So I could understand why professors don't allow cross training because of that, you know. You have your competitors coming in, learning your shit. Do you really want that? Um, Do you really want someone uh, coming to your school who you're going to compete against in a few weeks? Like a good example of that was um when Roberto Jimenez. Roberto Jimenez came to Henzo's for like a month, trained with us. And then a month later, he fought Nicky Rod and he won. So like I'm asking myself, if he had not come, if he didn't learn our style, our leg locks, or body lock pass passing, would he have still won that match? Should we have let him train with us? You know, um, the opinion the opinion of Gary Tonin is no, but the opinion of John Danaher is he he kind of he's okay with cross training. So that's my thoughts on you know how I reacted the split. Um, I'll I'll add more and more. Uh, Based off of um, the questions you guys give me. You know, I'm a pretty level-headed dude. And I try not to get pissed. But the one thing that did bother me is one of the students who left were trying to convince the people who stayed to leave. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, you know, you got to switch over to UFC gym. You know, we got cardio, kickboxing, we got cryo, sauna, weight room, wrestling, Muay Thai. And I hit them up and I'm like, listen, if a grown man makes a decision, that's that's totally cool. You know, I don't want to tell people what to do and force people to go here and there. But when you're actively messaging my students and you're trying to get them to leave, then we have a problem. And this guy was someone that was hitting me up saying, oh, I'm looking for a mentor, etc., etc. And I'm like, bro, come on, you know better than to do that. And then it and then it made me really think. It made me think about the whole UFC gym franchise. You know, when when I am looking at the UFC gyms, they're very successful as far as um, as as weights, as cardio, kickboxing, like the soccer moms that go and they hit the pads for an hour and get a workout. Um, but I have I have not seen a successful martial arts program come out of a UFC gym so like Gary Tone in Jiu Jitsu Brunswick is the only one I could think of is because it was very well established uh, before they went into UFC gym so they have great leadership great structure there's there's literally just no way that business could fail uh, and the whole UFC gym thing is temporary you know they operated out of a, their own space for so long and they will go back to their own space soon but when I walk into a commercial gym, like, like a like a UFC gym, or for those of you who are a little older, there was a franchise called LA Boxing, I just don't get the feeling that um, I don't get the feeling that I'm in somewhere where I'm supposed to fight. You know, I look down on the other end of the gym. I saw I see someone taking pre workout and fucking listening to freaking dubstep and doing curls like when I see that it's hard for me to get into like the martial arts and mindset you know it's usually very big space so it's cold it's very corporate usually playing like top 40 music or loud techno music um and I think about the UFC gyms in my area so there's one in Paramus that went out of business there's one in Florham Park went out of business um and, and it makes me think of um, this franchise LA Fitness uh, that I just wanted to talk to you guys about. I, I used to train at a gym called Endgame Combat Sports Academy. And um, we had three very talented fighters that were homegrown, and then LA boxing, you know, kind of what they kind of what UFC gym does now they will they will take talented people they'll throw a lot of money at them they just say hey why don't you just come train with us we'll pay you however enough money you want you build a program for us and we'll split the problem with that is money can't buy everything you know you look at you look at like i hate to bring soccer into it but soccer i remember real madrid had so much money that they just paid the best soccer players the most money to put them all on one team. And then they saw the team had no chemistry. They didn't they didn't want to work together and they actually ended up not being good. You can't just pay the best instructors to come teach at your school and don't and expect it to be successful. Instructors all come from different cultures. They come from different upbringings. There's They're all different systems. You throw them all in one place and expect them to just work together. It ain't going to work. Hey, I'm going to hire the best Muay Thai coach, the best Jiu-Jitsu coach, the best wrestling coach. And my corporate gym will be successful based off of that, right? Well, no, no, because none of them are going to get along. Um, it's going to be hard to follow the martial mindset. When when it is like that and there's gonna be no cohesion. It's it's what all these corporate gyms do. So back to my LA boxing. They just took our three best fighters, they said, Hey, we have this big facility with all these weights and big mat space, and we're gonna pay you. They flashed a lot of money, they flashed amenities, and our three best fighters from Endgame left. They left, they went to LA boxing. Uh, two of them just faded away, kind of into obscurity. One of them kind of became, you know, semi-successful. um, But pretty much moving from that gym that gave them everything to just a corporate gym where money was flashed them. That, that was the end of their career. So if you're young and you're listening to this and you see a big load of money flashed towards you, you know? This is men and women. You know, you might say, oh, oh, OnlyFans, I can make $50,000 in a week. Right now, it's cool. But in, you know, 20 years, when you have a kid and they see you used to do OnlyFans and they're traumatized, um, did you really make the right decision then? You got to think in the long term. Does this corporate gym actually care about you? Let's say you go work for LA Boxing or Equinox or whatever, and you tear your ACL. Are they going to pay for your time off? If you can't teach class for them anymore, are they going to keep you? Probably not. Now you're fired, and you don't have your own gym, and everything's back to square one. So for my younger people listening to this, think about things in the long run. You know, when when our team split, I thought of the long run, all right? I love the guys at B-Team. They're immensely talented. They're all still my great friends. I chose to stay with John, Gary, and Gordon is because John is a literal genius. He doesn't just take moves, learn them, and teach us. He invents stuff every day. He's a great teacher. He's a great leader, Now that I've talked about the corporate vibes of, like, these corporate gyms, like Tiger Showmans, I'll tell you about Tiger Showmans, too. I want to talk about how I feel when I enter a dojo that is just strictly martial arts. Um, And this is a lot of this is intuitive. A lot of this is just based off of my life experiences. When I enter a dojo, I feel at home, you know, I feel that martial energy the perfect example is kind of where the beginnings of immortals happen it's actually where i met sean which is bob long school of martial arts in lodi it's this old school karate like uh gym with red mats and on the walls it's got pictures of bob long this old school full contact karate fighter back when karate was real karate like not the shit that they do today where a five-year-old gets a black belt like this guy was legit he used to have just people come to his gym before it was a gym just to his basement of his house and they would just fight bare knuckle people would leave with broken noses it would be cops uh freaking people that got out of jail corrections officers just a bunch of tough dudes fighting and when you walk into that fucking gym i swear to god you feel you feel his spirit there you just feel that that martial energy you know you know the the feeling you get after you watch like a 90s action movie like bloodsport or best of the best or that when you walk into that gym you feel that You know, I get feelings of community, you know. You see all your teammates, you got medals on the wall, plaques, belts, etc. Like, if you look at the gyms in Dagestan and Iran, they don't fucking have cryo. They don't have saunas. They've got a mat. Maybe they have showers, I don't know. But they just have a bunch of people that are there to train you you think you need this, this world-class equipment you think you need all this crazy gear sleds etc you don't if you look at the best gyms in the world for wrestling a lot of them are in dagestan a lot of them are in iran and if you go to these gyms they're really not that nice you don't have these crazy um crazy uh cryo chambers and these crazy bikes like in the movies where you're running on the treadmill and you have the oxygen masks on and the best wrestlers out of America as well. These guys are not from these high tech gyms. Fucking Jordan Burroughs is from Jersey. He was training in the freaking he, he he I won't tell you how old I am, but I may or may not have seen him wrestle live when I was younger. Um the schools that they went to college, they were in these crazy schools with this advanced equipment and all that. Like, these guys are farm boys. Freaking Kyle Snyder's a farm boy. He He's not working with advanced equipment. So what you need to realize is that a lot of people think you need all these crazy things. You need crazy equipment. You need the best training partners. You need the best coaches. But the, the truth is, man... If there's a fucking will, there's a way. You know Craig Jones, who got second in ADCC, he was one of the best grapplers. He told me he didn't even train with a black belt until he was a purple belt. They didn't have shit in Australia. There was no jujitsu in Australia. He would just meet up with his with his boys, and he would just watch DVDs, and and he would learn off of that. And based off of that and trying new things and training every day, that's how he got good. He didn't have the best coaches, the best facilities. You got to make the best with what you have. There's a wealth of knowledge online, especially now with all the Enter the System DVDs, BJJ Fanatics, <clears throat> Sultan of Strangles on Teachable, link in Bio. Uh, there's a wealth of knowledge online. And one of my students that really inspires me is, uh, is one of my students, Tom. He's really talented, very smart. He listens to me. He comes to class every day, unbelievably consistent, possibly the most consistent student at Immortals. But what gives him the edge, other than being a good student and working hard, he does a lot of self-study. He watches a lot of DVDs. He does a lot of research, and I noticed that his progress is much faster because of that. There's only so much I could do for you in the hour or two that you're with me a day. The rest of the 14 hours that you're awake, if you take some time to do some self-study and have a plan, you could get really, really good. So I just really wanted to run that home. Another thing, another thing with Gary Tonin. He also told me coming up, he was Tom DeLasse's first black belt. There were There weren't black belts at that gym. He was the first one. So he was training with just tough dudes. He didn't have crazy equipment. He didn't have fucking world champions there, but look at him now. He's fighting for the title tomorrow, one championship which he's probably going to win. And um, he did all that with like limited with limited anything. Um, once he went to New York and trained under John, he got a lot better, but before that he was very good and he didn't he didn't need the best coaches, the best equipment, etc. You know what I mean? So, keep that in mind as well. Now, another thing, um, you know, when B team and New Wave split, a lot of people are like, where do I train? What do I do? Who are the best? This and that. Um, you know, when people switch from a tournament style where it's points to sub only that like, oh am i still going to be good uh, be, the rules are different am i still going to be successful and here's my answer to that and i'm going to use an example that john danaher told me in 2012 they changed olympic judo so that there's no more leg attacks the reason for this is wrestlers were going into judo tournaments and they were cleaning house pretty much a wrestler would go, they would put on a gi, even though they never wore one. They would just blast double single leg judo guys and fuck them up, go home. And judo federation got jealous when they saw this. And you're like, you know what? We're going to change the rules. We're going to change the rules so that judo um, is now only, you cannot do single and double legs. You have to do trips and throws, etc. You know, now that the few wrestlers, you know, couldn't do well anymore, the the OGs, the Olympic medalists, the world medalists who were pure judokas, what happened? Well, the answer is not much changed. The best were still the best with a couple of exceptions, and most of the Olympic and gold and world medalists stayed the same which which goes to show that if you perfect your craft to your best abilities if they change the rule set a little it shouldn't cripple you a great example is emerald city emerald city was an event where it was sub only ebi rules okay so we saw a lot of these weed smoking heel hook super fight guys that, you know, they don't do IBJJF because they can't win $500 in IBJJF. And, um, you know, we had some of those guys. And then we've had the IBJJF guys. The IBJJF guys that are winning world championships or meddling at Worlds. They focus on actual jujitsu, passing the guard, taking the back, knee on belly, you know, not just pulling guard and going for heel hooks so a lot of these sub only guys that are winning all the sub only shows they enter the tournaments the ibjjf guys enter the tournaments and who do you think won gianni fucking grippo the king of ibjjf and the runner-up was um was um what the hell is the cobrina's son kennedy so two ibjjf guys making it to the finals it just goes to show if you perfect your craft to the best of your abilities doesn't matter what rule set doesn't matter what gym oh by the way those are guys who switch gyms a bunch of times too if you perfect your craft and you work hard you could literally get you could do anything you want um two guys that i studied after i saw them do very well at ADCC Trials. They got second and third at ADCC Trials, which was one of the most stacked trials ever. It was Cody Steele and and and, um, and Tackett. Um, William Tackett. Um, what I noticed about them was that these guys are fucking good, but they're not training at some famous gym. Um, and when I was in Austin, I decided they invited me like, yeah, come train with us. So I did. So I go to Brazilian fight factory and it's really not that big. It's not that big of a gym. I would say it's even smaller than immortals. Um, And I'm like, holy shit. So what's the secret guys? And they said they train there. They meet up by themselves they train they do a lot of individual training they do a lot of individual drilling sessions like they'll tell me they'll do like half an hour sessions of just snap downs if you work on the basics like that like you do a half an hour of just snap downs you do a half an hour or an hour of just a knee slice you you're going to just hard encode these movements into your brain and when time comes for competition you're going to be able to be pretty much unstoppable so i know a school of thought that doesn't believe in drilling i know a school of thought that says you know you should just roll but i'm telling you man drillers make killers you know the best in the world gary tonin gordon ryan our drilling goes like two hours long Andrew Tack and Cody Steele, they tell me they do a lot of individual drilling for themselves. Um, My students, they come to class, but the ones who are really good, they often take drilling into their own hands. They do a lot of self-study and a lot of self-training. So remember, you have so much more power than you think. You know, let's say you're, you're in fucking middle of nowhere, Kansas. You could still be good. Like, look at Daisy Fresh. I can't believe I just thought of them. Daisy fucking fresh is a shit hole in a laundry mat with corroded wrestling mats with holes in them. Look, Hillbilly Hammer, Andrew Wiltsey, these guys are winning world championships. So just know, it all it's just hard work and grit and some of the right people with the same mindset and you can get anything you want pretty much done. I like to always uh, fully listen to my episodes, not always, but I'll always fully try to listen to my episodes after I record them to see if uh, I missed anything. And in this episode, something I completely forgot to touch up on is Tiger Shulman's. Fuck Tiger Shulman's, bro. Let me tell you a story about little, little, the little Sultan. So I was... I was, I think, six or seven years old, something like that. And um, and I, you know, I'm seeing all these action movies. I'm like, and it's not like a phase, it's like this is what I was born to do. I love martial arts, I always did. So I'm like, hey mom, can we go to Tiger Showman's? And because I saw the commercials all the time. And my mom's like, sure. So we go to Tiger Showman's. Uh, I take an intro class, it was fucking awesome. The one on route 17 south where the path mark used to be for all you new jersey people and then you know i'm like okay that's cool so after you know we go over prices and i'm really young at this point i don't understand what's going on but uh the guy and this is for, this is in the 90s bro it's like yes uh for a one-year membership it's three thousand five hundred dollars some exorbitant amount And my mom just looked at the guys like, hey, you know, we don't really have that kind of money. Is there anything like a limited membership we could do for him? Like, no, only that and a one-year contract. And I'll never forget the feeling of having to leave that place and not train there. But it was a fucking blessing, you know. Um, You know how all the white girls say, oh, my God, it's 11-11. Everything happens for a reason. Well, this was, this was, this was wild. Um, I think it was that week we saw a flyer for wrestling and I'm like, what's this? This looks cool. Is it, am I going to be, I thought it was going to be like the, I was going to like learn like from the undertaker or, (laughs) or fucking Hulk Hogan. I thought I'm going to go in like a ring and you know, I'm going to pile drive people. I'm like, mom, mom, wrestling. Look, I want to learn this. I want to learn this. And my mom's like, all right, let's go see what, what it's all about. So we go to, I live in Maywood at the time, we go to Hackensack, which is nice now, but it used to be the fucking hood, Hackensack High School. And um, I remember them teaching me, this is a double leg, this is a single leg. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't fucking WWF, I'll never call it WWE, it's WWF, Um. And I'm like, wait, but this is actually a lot of fun because me and my friends always loved to like rough house and um, just play around, mess around. So I'm like, oh, this is kind of like what I already like to do. But now I actually learn real techniques. So it was awesome. I loved wrestling. My mom was extremely, extremely irresponsible. Like, I'm still not over it, bro. Like, forget to take me to practice. The worst was when she forgot to pick me up for practice. I'm a seven-year-old kid, wrestling practice is over, it's nine o'clock and my mom just wasn't there to pick me up. And I just had to walk home and hack and sack, bro. It was fucking bad. But anyway, that's when my wrestling journey started as a young, young lad. Um, And it was a blessing because it's the greatest martial art, man. I love wrestling. The amount of mental toughness humility uh actual practical combat you learn from it it is is just you can't even put a price on that man um another thing i forgot to touch up on was commercial realtors i i touched up on it a little bit but residential realtors you ask them for a thing they'll give you a bunch of listings which one do you want to look at commercial Oh yeah, I'll totally look. And then they either don't get back to you or they give you stuff that just isn't what you asked for. This one guy hit me up and he's like, Yeah, you know, sorry it took me so long to get to you. I've been closing on a lot of big deals. I'm really busy. Um already I'm like, ugh. And he's like, Yeah, you know, I'm so busy. I just spent all morning closing a big deal, and I and I just had to cut my dude. Are you going to help me find a place or are you going to tell me more about your big deals it was just obnoxious so still haven't found a place and i talked to some other gym owners and they told me yeah commercial realtors suck so it looks like i'm just doing this solo unless y'all want to help me i'm looking for a place within five miles of clifton new jersey that will be ideal and when i find it it's going to be awesome um Really looking forward to taking my gym to the next level. Man, so I was on a trail doing that last uh, bit and my phone just turns off because apparently I was at 1% and I'm like, man, I just spilled my heart out about Tiger Shulman's and that's all gone. So my phone turns back on and I see it's still processing and thank God uh, we got it. Um, something about <laughs> something about sound bites there have been video takes where I pour my heart and soul into take one same with sound with podcasting and something happens it gets erased I can't post it and take two and three will never be as authentic as the fucking take one they won't It just won't. Um, So I'm really happy. Got that. I know that Jay-Z does all his raps. Like the first take. I totally get that if you want to do two takes. Three takes to refine it. But man. Nothing will ever be as genuine. As uh, the first take. So I'm glad I had that. Alright guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Before you leave. Please make sure to rate me five stars on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, please make sure to visit my Instagram at K-O-O-L-R-A-K, my gym at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu, and my podcast at Rambling with Rack. Please check out my website, ImmortalsJiuJitsu.com. If you're ever in the North Jersey area, please come visit and for all my YouTubers out there, I've been wanting to be a YouTube partner for like over 10 years now. And you know, my, my channel kept getting flagged because I would put music like, which wasn't copyrighted. So I just made a new YouTube channel called Cool Rack 2 K-O-O-L-R-A-K-2. 2. If you want to support that, go subscribe. And if you're good at YouTube videos, hit me up. Let, let's collab. Let, let's, uh, let's make, let's start something big. All right, guys, have a wonderful night, and thank you so much for your support.